Thank you for joining us at Creative Church. We pray that this word blesses your heart and blesses your life. And if it has, I want to encourage you to feed what's feeding you and to give to what's giving to you. The easiest way to do this is to visit creativechurch.com slash give. Thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure to click on the notifications so you never miss an encouraging word from Creative Church. So my, uh, my, one of my daughters, Victoria, prayed first service. Liliana is here to pray second service for daddy, so send her on out. She's here to pray for daddy. And um, <laughs> give her a big God bless you. Okay? So say, um, hold the mic up there. So say, Jesus. Jesus. Bless the people. Bless the people. To hear your word. Hear your word. Let their heart. Help their heart. Be soft. Be soft. To receive you. Receive you. I prophesy. Prophesy. People. People. Will get saved. Get saved. Today. Today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I love you. I miss you already. All right. Stand on your feet. Grab your Bibles. Let's go to work. You guys ready to get into the word? You need a blessing to be able to stand. And it is biblical um, custom to stand for the reading of the word. And so it's not a black thing or a white thing. It's a, it's a Bible thing. How's that? You know, you need to visit countries where they, they uh, gr- groups of people gather around a page because the Bible's illegal. And uh, you have a whole new appreciation for what we have here in America to the point we literally take it for granted. And uh, how many of you are thankful for our freedom to be able to gather today and speak the word of God and declare the word of God? Amen. So um, if you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians um, chapter 15. I'm going to preach something the Lord's laid on my heart today. I'm going to preach on the rapture. I'm going to preach on the rapture. And are you rapture ready? How many of you are ready to meet Jesus? That's about the amount I thought we're ready. That's why I'm preaching on it. How many of you are ready to meet Jesus? You're ready to meet the Lord. And uh, we're going to dive into this today. The the Lord is really stirring my heart, uh, my wife's heart. I believe we are living in the literally the final days before Christ comes back. And uh, I have a spiritual obligation before the Lord and a burden to make sure that you're ready. And so I'm here today to tell you the truth uh, in love, the truth in grace. So if you're at a gym, uh, I cannot work you out and you feel good at the same time. So uh, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to tell you the truth. And, I'm, and uh, the, the word of God is offensive. Uh, but I want you to grow. I want to stretch you. I want you to grow. Um, this is not a massage. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the word of God. And so it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so we are at the gym today, the spiritual gym. Amen? And so uh, uh, I am the guy who's being like, you can do it. Come on, let's get it up. Come on, you can do it. Three more reps. This hurts. I know. Come on. I'm not here to make it feel good. We're here to burn. So it should burn. It should Ah, that stings. That's where, then we're getting stronger. Come on, can I get an amen on it, okay? So if you want a massage, go to a different church. Uh, But I'm not here to massage you. uh, We're here to minister the word of God to you, okay? So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 through 58. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, listen, I tell you a divine mystery. We will not all die. Amen. How many of you are, are, are glad about that? I, I believe that all of us aren't going by the grave, amen? That, there's, that we're gonna go in the rapture, that we will not all die. This is New Testament, by the way, the Apostle Paul. says, but we will all be transformed. Verse 52, it will happen in an instant, in twinkling of an eye. For when the last trumpet is sounded. Now, I'm not gonna go dark, far down this path. If you sit under my ministry very long, you'll realize that I am not a big uh, end times uh, prophetic minister. I rarely minister on this. Um, I'm not. 
I, I'm, I lean more into just helping people get saved. I don't lean a lot into this, uh, but there's a stirring in my heart to talk to you about it. And uh, you can do your own research on this, but uh, there is this, this in Jewish culture called the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, Joanne and I personally believe there's a very strong chance Jesus could come back during the Feast of Trumpets. Now, it happens every year, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, uh, I'm not saying he's coming back um, absolutely during that because the Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour for which Jesus will return. No one knows. Only the Father knows. But there are uh, prophetic uh, calendars. There are prophetic scripture that we can look to and glean in the scripture to get a sense of when we think Jesus might return. And so Joanne and I, from what we've studied in the Word of God, believe there's a very strong chance Jesus could come back during the Feast of Trumpets. Now, the Feast of Trumpets is every year, uh, but it's this Monday through Wednesday. Uh, some of you are like, what? I had a whole bunch of sinning to do, you know? Well, do whatever you want to do. But um, I'm not saying, I want to be very clear here, I am not saying Jesus is coming back next week. I'm saying there's, a, there's as good a chance of any that he could come back next week. And, uh, and, and I believe when he comes, there's a stronger chance it would be during the Feast of Trumpets because many, many of these verses refer to when the last trumpet sounds. And if you study that feast, there is a final trumpet that blows. And so, um, again, I'm not saying he's coming back next week. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not that pastor, okay? Uh, but I'm saying I'd rather be looking for him and him not return than not looking for him and him return. Amen. <laughs> And so I, I want to make sure that I'm ready, my family's ready, and I want to make sure that you and your family and your friends are ready to meet the Lord if he does come. Amen? And so it says, when the last trumpet shall sound, the dead will come back to life, and we will be indestructible, and we will be transformed. For we will discard these mortal clothes and slip into an imperishable body. And what is mortal now will be exchanged for immortality. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality and that which now decays is exchanged for what never decays, what never gets sick, what never gets cancer, what never has diabetes, what never has high blood pressure. Come on, somebody. We're going to have a glorified body. Anybody ready to live with no pain, no sickness, no death, no disease? This is why we serve the Lord. This is the good news. I already got my body picked out. I want a six pack. I want to be six four. I want to sing tenor. I already got it. I already told the Lord. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality and that which decays now becomes uh, indestructible, then the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up by triumphant victory. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is your victory? It is sin that gives death its sting and the law that gives sin its power. But we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Now, beloved ones, stand firm, enduring. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. And we know that we prosper and excel in every season, COVID season, layoff season, depression season, election season. We will excel and prosper in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. Father, thank you for your word. Anoint me to minister with clarity in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God praise one more time. You can be seated. Let's go to work. I know a lot of young people, if you're here and you're single and you're like, you know, uh, I, <clears throat> I, I really don't want the Lord to come back. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to be getting married in six months and, you know, we've been waiting on this thing and, and uh, or, you know, we're, we're hoping to have a baby or we're start buying a home or whatever. Listen, <clears throat> and I get that as a young person. I really do. But let me tell you something. When you see Jesus, 
you will never want to come back to this world. When your eyes behold the altogether lovely, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the fairest of 10,000, and you see the nail prints in his hands, and you see the one who was and is and is to come, you will never want to come back to this earth of sickness and pain and disease and death. Amen? And uh, this is a controversial topic on the rapture. Many preachers, many pastors don't speak about it. Uh, they don't talk about it because it's controversial. It's not great for church growth. Uh, but, uh, but we have an obligation to speak on this. And, uh, you know, it is something that's controversial, but Jesus was very controversial. Jesus was very offensive. The gospel and the Bible is controversial. It's very offensive. And uh, this is something that we have to talk and understand because a third of the Bible, a third of it speaks to prophecy. And most of that prophecy is end times prophecy. And why would God give us so much Bible about end times and the coming of Jesus if he didn't want preachers to talk about it, he didn't want people to discuss it, he didn't want churches to talk about it. And I think it's very important. The return of Jesus is mentioned 329 times in the Bible. 329 times. God is love is mentioned one. Born again is mentioned one. And people want to talk about that every single Sunday. But it's mentioned 329 times in the Bible. It is the second most frequently mentioned topic in the Bible apart from the doctrine of salvation. In 216 chapters in the New Testament, it's mentioned 318 times. 23 out of 27 books of the New Testament refer to the return of Jesus, and one out of 30 verses in the New Testament refer to the return of Jesus Christ. It is an important topic. Amen? And after salvation by grace, it is the most preached about doctrine, especially by the early church. The early church preached about it more, uh, only secondary to salvation. It was salvation, and then Jesus is coming soon. Amen? And it is mentioned all through the Scripture of the Old Testament and the New Testament. I want to give you a couple of reasons why we need to be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ and why it's so important and why we know that Jesus is going to return. Number one, we know that Jesus is going to return because he promised in uh, John 14, 1 through, 1 through 3, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions there. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is coming again. Now, many times when we read this text, we don't realize it because we read it through the, uh, our, our Western culture. But Jesus is not American. Uh, I know you're very interested in Democrats, Republicans. He's not American. Uh, and, and most of the world is not American. It's hard for us to realize that because we do things like the World Series, but only American competes. Um, uh, we do things like World Championships, but only America competes because we tend to think whatever happens here is what is the rest of the world. But that's not true. Jesus is not American. He is king. Somebody say amen about that. And when he was here on earth, he was Jewish culture. And so when, if you understand Jewish culture, uh, when a young man gets ready to ask a woman to be his wife, he goes and he has a meal with the bride's family. And he asks for her hand in marriage. He pays the dowry, uh, or whatever the bride price was. And then at the end of the meal, he has a glass of wine. Once he has that glass of wine with the parents, that legally uh, secures the marriage, and he is betrothed to her, okay? So they are like legally uh, betrothed one to another. And then before he leaves that night, after he drinks that glass of wine, he tells the bride, I will not drink of this cup again until I do it with you in my father's house. Does that sound familiar? That's what Jesus did at the Last Supper with the disciples. He had a meal, they drank the wine, and he said, I will not do this again until I do it with you in my Father's house. And then we have John come into play here with he goes to prepare a place for you that where I am there you, you may be also. The groom would then leave, he would then go back to his Father's house, and typically about the space of a year, he would spend building an addition onto his Father's house, a HIPAA, and he would build either a second floor or a, a room to his father's 
on his father's house. And once it was complete, he would show it to the father and only the father could decide when he could go back to get his bride, which is why Jesus says, I don't know. When they asked Jesus, when are you coming? He says, I don't know the day, nor does any man know the day or hour. He said, only the father knows. So only the father in the Trinity knows when he's going to tell the son, Jesus, that he can go back and get his bride. Now we are the bride of Christ. And Jesus is not going to marry a bride he doesn't know. So do you know him? Are you looking for him? Do you know Jesus or do you know church? A lot of people know church. A lot of people know religion. But do you know Jesus? I don't care what you grew up. The people tell me what they grew up, which is the, their religion. That doesn't have anything to do with do you know him? Do you know Jesus? People say, well, everything in this business is based on who you know. Everything in life is based on who you know. Whether you go to heaven or hell is based on who you know. If you know Jesus, you're going to heaven. Good people go to hell. Only saved people go to heaven. It's not about being good. It's not about your works. It's not about your righteousness. There's nothing that you can do that would earn salvation when they interview people, you know, and you ask them questions in salvation. If you've ever done evangelism explosion and done street evangelism, you know, you'll go to people and say, if you were to die today, you know, would you go to heaven or hell? 90% of America says, I go to heaven. And you ask them, you stand before God, he says, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Most people say works. Number one reason for people going to heaven is I never killed anybody. Take care of my kids and pay my taxes. None of these three are equal to Jesus coming and dying on a cross for your sins. First of all, you're not supposed to kill anybody. Uh, second of all, you're not supposed to go to jail. And third, you're supposed to take care of your kids. They're your kids. These aren't reasons for Jesus to die on a cross for your sins. The reason you're going to heaven is because you have given your heart and life to Jesus Christ and you believe he died and rose again. And because he lives, you can live and you have received the gift of eternal life. That's why you're going to heaven. People say, well, why does God send people to hell? God doesn't send anybody to hell. We are all going to hell. All of us born. When we're born, we are going, we're on our way to hell unless we get saved. Unless somebody saves us, we're going to be born and we're going to end up in hell unless somebody saves us and that somebody is Jesus Christ and we need to receive the gift of salvation. Amen. So nobody needs to say, well, you know, well, God sends, why would a loving God send people to hell? All you have to do is receive the gift. And when you don't receive the gift of salvation, you going to hell is you choosing to pay for your own sins and not receive the gift of somebody else paying for them. That's as stupid as me saying, hey, let's go to dinner after church on Sunday and I buy you the lunch and you go, I'm not gonna let you buy it, I'm gonna buy it. And I go, well, I already paid for it. Why? Well, I'm not gonna receive your gift. I'm still gonna pay for it. And I go, well, why are you paying for it if I already paid for it? Now you make me pay for it in vain. And now that is the stubbornness of pride and you will not allow somebody else to pay for your sins and you choosing to pay for your own is why people go to hell. That's why I'm so thankful the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen? And so uh, when we look at this, Jesus goes to prepare a place and one day, uh, when the, the son's house, the hippo, was built, uh, the father would go to him, typically around midnight would be the culture, and he would go to him and say, okay, son, now you can go get your bride, and he would get the bridal party, he'd get everybody together, and they'd go in the middle of the night, and they would, they would get the bride, and they would begin seven days of partying. Now, I'm telling you what, some, we don't know how to party. <laughs> I mean, they know how to party. Like, we have parties for like two, three hours, four hours, an evening. I mean, I'm, when, G, when they had parties in Bible days, they lasted like a week. It was like a week or two-week party, okay? So the, the, the groom would go back and get the bride, and that would start the seven-day marriage party. 
So when Jesus comes back and raptures the church, it will begin seven years of jubilee, seven years of rejoicing, seven years of a party in heaven, the marriage supper of the Lamb. It'll be the greatest celebration this, this, uh, this world has ever seen. And what will happen down here is it will begin the seven years of the tribulation. Seven years of the tribulation, and you do not want to be left here to go through the tribulation. The tribulation is the Holy Spirit has left here because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us as the church, and we are now raptured. The Holy Spirit is, left, is not here, and uh, you're going to begin to see the false prophet, the antichrist. Uh, you're going to see all kinds of demonic activity begin to release on this earth. And the Bible says that unless these days were, were in, not intentionally shortened, no human person would make it through the tribulation. Three-fourths of the world's population will die during the tribulation. All hell will break loose on this planet if you're left here. And you won't be able to buy anything. You won't be able to sell anything uh, unless you take the mark of the beast, which will be either in your forehead or the palm of your hand. And you do not want to be here. You do not want your family here. You do not want your children here. You do not want your friends here left to go through the tribulation all because we would not receive the gift of Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. And so uh, and this is me. I'm telling you about it. I'm, I'm explaining this because the rapture is a real thing. And Jesus is going to rapture his church. And, you know, a lot of people, when you talk about this, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, so what? We'll see what, what happens. But in Luke 17, verses 26 through 36, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it all. But it talks about the days of, of Noah and how it was going to rain. And everybody laughed at Noah. Everybody made fun of Noah, right? Until the rain came. And then all of a sudden, this dude with a boat didn't seem so stupid. So it was with the days of Lot. No righteousness. People were having, it was Sodom and Gomorrah. The last twin cities in the Bible, God destroyed because of homosexuality and sin and abomination, wickedness and adultery and fornication, all this kind of stuff. Okay? And, and he says, so it was in the days of Noah, so it was in the days of Lot. And he says, what's going to happen, this rapture, there's going to be two people laying in bed. One shall be taken, one shall be left. Two people in the field, one shall be taken, one shall be left. Two people at work, one shall be taken, one shall be left. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the presence of God is going to sweep across this globe in a flash. And whether you're ready or not, there's not going to be any time, Lord, save me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I, I, I repent. There's not going to be any time for that. Ready or not, Christ is coming. And are you ready to meet him? And when you hear preachers talk about it, we have this sense of like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. I still got a lot of stuff to do. It's like me when I went to the fair last week. I went to the fair with a couple of friends, and, and Joanne and I are there, and, and we got on our phones, and we're like, look, it's going to rain in a couple. You know, it's going to rain. Rain's coming. You know, like we can see it. You know, you see the radar. It's like green and yellow and the red and there was some red there. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you, and, you're, and we're like, yeah, yeah, I think we'll be okay. So we go, you know, and I got to get this egg roll. There's this egg roll, you know, I'm lusting after it. I got to get this thing. And so we get out there and we can see the rain's coming. We can see it on our phone. We're looking around and then, you know, we get this egg roll and I'm eating it. And Joanne's like, I really think we should try to make our way back to the car. And I'm like, I can't because I got my dipping sauce. And, I, and if I, I can't dip it and walk at the same time, so we got to wait, you know, all this kind of stuff. And the rain's just, you can see it coming in. And I'm like, yeah, 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 we got some sinning to do. You know, we got, you know all, I can see it coming. And all of a sudden, the, the heavens open up. And it is like pouring on us. You know, I look like I fell in a lake when I got back all the way back to the car. I'm like, it wasn't worth it. The egg roll wasn't worth it. You know? And I'm like, this is exactly how Jesus is going to come back. We all see it happening. We all see the writing on the wall. We can all see what's happening in the news. We can all see what, how our world has transformed in 12 months. We can all see people lining us up saying, you do this or, or you're done. We've seen, we see the cancel culture. We see in order to keep your job, you got to do this. In order to do this, you got to do that. In order, we, we, see, we see the writing on the wall. We all see that, that, that physical currency is like becoming a thing of the past. We can, we can all see the one world currency and one world government. We can all see them pitting us against each other to bring a false unity and a false... Like we can all see and we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
And I'm telling you, ready or not, Christ is going to come again. He's coming again. And when he comes, are you going to be ready to meet him? Because God knows when you're just in church, when you're saved, and when you're what my grandmama would say, playing saved. Okay? Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 says, The kingdom of God stand sure. The Lord knoweth them that are his. If you're saved, God knows you're saved. If you're a child, you're a son, you're a daughter of the king, he knows you are. And you do not want to be left here to go through the tribulation. The tribulation is going to be terrible. And in Matthew 24, it says that unless those days were shortened, no human being would live. Demonic activity will be released all over this planet. And, there, and the church will not be here. The Holy Spirit will not be here. And, and this world is going to be turned upside down. And the Bible says in the last days, you'll see it, wars and rumors of wars. You'll see children disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unthankful to parents. It talks about in the last days, there'll be ethnicities will fight against ethnicities. Nations will fight against nations. It says that there'll be a spirit of lawlessness in the world towards the last days. Do we see lawlessness? Yes. Do we see ethnicities fighting ethnicities? Yes. Do we see nations fighting nations? Yes. Do we see children that are ungrateful and unthankful to parents? Yes. These are all signs of the last days. This is all looking on your phone. Yep. You see the, you see the radar? You see the rain? Do you see it? Yep. It's coming. It's coming. We can all see it. And the Bible says to those that are looking for him, to him will he appear. And I don't know about you, but I want to be looking for him. Amen. I want to be looking for Jesus. Another reason that Jesus is going to return is because it says the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ are going to rise. Let's look at it. First Thessalonians chapter four. This is the New Testament. It says, beloved brothers and sisters, we want you to be quite uh, we want you to be quite concerned about the truth concerning those that have passed away so that you won't be overwhelmed with grief like many others who have no hope. If you die, save, you have a hope. When somebody, a loved one dies, that's not the last time we're going to see them. We're going to see them again. Somebody say amen about it. If they die not knowing God, then we're not going to see them again. But if that's, that's why you've got to be ready, whether Jesus comes in the rapture or you're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. Are you ready? It says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we also believe that God will bring with Jesus those who died while believing in him, that in the word of the Lord, we who are alive in him are remain on earth. The Lord appears, will by no means have an advantage over those who have already died, for we will both rise together. For the Lord himself will appear with a declaration of victory, uh, the shout of an archangel and the trumpet of the blast of God. There's the trumpet again, okay? The Feast of Trumpets is Monday through Wednesday. You can do your own research on it. Again, I'm not saying Jesus is coming back Monday through Wednesday. I'm saying I believe he could come back during that season, but it could be any year, amen? And the trumpet of the blast, uh, and the trumpet blast of God, and he will descend from heavenly realm and command those who are dead in Christ to rise first. So all those who have died, saved, before us, they, they will be changed first. Whether they were cremated, whether they were buried, whether parts of them are all over this world, we don't know. But God somehow is going to bring them back together and their body will be transformed instantly from mortality to immortality. Amen? Then it says, then we who are alive will join them transported together in the clouds. First class. Come on, baby. Come on. You ready for this? This is going to happen. This is New Testament. This is New Testament. I'm not making this up. We're going to leave here. I'm leaving on the first thing smoking, baby. I'm out of here. <laughs> then we are alive. We'll be transported together in the clouds and have an encounter with the Lord in the air. And we will be forever joined with the Lord. So encourage one another. Not fear and anxiety. Encourage one another in these words. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. This is the word of God. This is the truth. 
Okay, this is going to happen. So the dead in Christ will rise first. Then the Bible talks uh, in first uh, in first Corinthians chapter fifteen verses fifty through fifty two that we will not all die, not not all of us will sleep. Um, another reason Christ is coming back is to uh, he will finally defeat uh, Satan. Satan will be defeated forever. Amen. In the return of Jesus. That's the second coming of Jesus. Number four, the deity of Jesus is proven at the return of Christ. Christ claims over and over and over again that he is God, that he is God. And see, it's, it's okay to be equal and submitted. We live in a world that says that we need equality, 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 but they don't teach submission. We need, we believe that Pastor Joanne is equal to Pastor Jonathan, but Pastor Joanne also submits herself to her husband. We live in a world where that's like, that's ungodly. Or people say that's wrong, you know? And, that, and, that, and, and that's not wrong. It's okay to be equal and also submit. Jesus did it. Jesus said he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he submitted himself to the will of the Father. So Jesus is just as much equal on the Godhead, but he submits himself to the will of the Father. And in the garden, he says, Lord, not my will, but. So it's okay for a wife to be equal to her husband, but also submit to the vision that God's given him for the house. It doesn't mean you're less than, it's choosing to submit. Submission, and submission is not your less than submission. It just means there's a vision and you come under that vision to help him meet the vision that God has given him. The world's gonna tell you that that's crazy. I'm telling you the world is crazy. Um, the return of Jesus mentioned 329 times in the Bible. And if Jesus doesn't return, it completely invalidates the Bible. But God's word is true. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God shall remain the same. See, if you're going to be a Christian, you've got, you've got to love the word of God. Over and over in, in, in here, and even in Revelations, it says that, uh, that Jesus is the word. Some people say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe the Bible. I love Jesus, but I don't believe the Bible. You can't say you love Jesus and not love the Bible, not believe the Bible, because Jesus is the Bible. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the wonder of his glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and, you can say it's not a cuss word, full of grace and See, grace lets people belong, but only truth sets people free. Amen. The only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. People don't talk about truth. They just want grace, 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 grace. They don't want to tell the truth. You got to preach truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Amen. So you can have a whole church full of people who belong because of grace, but they're bound in slavery to sin and addiction and shame and guilt and condemnation unless you tell them the truth. Because the only thing that will free them is the truth. And that's why you've got a whole generation of woke pastors who are scared to tell the truth. Tell the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of the Lord will remain the same. Praise the Lord. You ain't got to say amen. I feel like I'm crushing it. <laughs> also, when you talk about Jesus coming back, it causes you to be able to endure because you know he's coming soon. I can take it because I know he's coming soon. I can deal with it because I know he's coming soon. It also motivates you to share your faith. If you knew Jesus was coming back next week, who would you call? How would your week change? What would you do different with your time, your talent, your treasure? What would you do if you knew you were going to leave everything? Everything. All of a sudden, the causes and, and anthems of this world, you see how they lose their value. 
You see how all of a sudden the causes and anthems of this world that people want you to buy in that replace the gospel, you see all of a sudden they don't matter. Jesus didn't come to change our color. He came to change our character. He didn't come to end race. He came to preach repentance. Because you know who needs to get saved? White people. You know who else needs to get saved? Black people. You know who else needs to get saved? Asian people. You know who else needs to get saved? Hispanic people and mutts like me. They all need to get saved. All of them. Save them They all need to get saved. Fat people need to get saved. Skinny people need to get saved. Tall people need to get saved. Short people need to get saved. Single people need to get saved. Married people need to get saved. Divorced people need to get, everybody needs to get saved. They need to get saved. And Jesus was very clear when he talked about it. And uh, there's another story where Jesus mentioned, uh, where he talked about the last days will be like, the, he talked about the 10 virgins who went out to meet the bridegroom and five had their lamps and the other five had their lamps, but only five had their oil in their lamps and they were ready to light their lamps and the others didn't. And Jesus said, so this will be when, when I come back. He said, this is a picture of the church. When I come back, you got, he said, half the church is not ready. Because he said half of them have their, their lamps filled with oil. Your, he said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. See, half the church, what Jesus is saying is half of the people in this room, let's just take this room because this is our church, okay? But he's saying half of the people are not ready. Half of them are not ready because half of them don't know me. They don't know, they don't know me. And they're going to stand in front of me and say, didn't we go to church in your name? Didn't we give money in your name? Didn't we volunteer in your name? Didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do that in your name? He says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Not I forgot you. I never knew. We never had a relationship. You had a form of godliness, but you deny the power thereof. Jesus is the word, right? And the word was made flesh. And that's why your biggest fight is in knowing the word. Do you know him? Do you know the word? Do you know Jesus? Well, well, I don't know the word. You know, Jesus, I don't even like church. Jesus is coming back for me. Jesus ain't coming back for you. Jesus is coming back for the church. The church, not just you. So when you're like, I just love Jesus, but I don't like the church. He ain't coming back for you. He's coming back for the church. You better be a part of the church. That's the one thing he's building. That's not one of his 10 projects or one of his 50 projects. Jesus has one project that he's building. It's his huppa. It's the house. It's the church. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'll whoop you all over this church with scripture. It motivates you. So I want to leave you with this. Uh, I, I want to give you, because when I preach this, a lot of people are like, well, how do I know if I'm ready? How do I know if I'm ready if Jesus comes tonight, tomorrow, next month, next year, four years from now? How do I know if I'm ready? Because when you're looking for him, it's going to change the way you talk and change the way you walk and change what you're motivated about. Come on. If I told all of you, you have one week to live, what would you do with that week? Would you just treat it like the week you have planned? How many of you would change your week a little bit? If I told you Christ is coming back really soon, would it change anything about you? Would your week change at all? So number one, how I know I'm saved and I'm ready to meet Jesus, I'm rapture ready is Romans 10, 9. You have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You have confessed with your mouth. You have to confess that Christ is Lord. And I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to do that before we leave today. Number two, you believe in your heart that God has risen Jesus from the dead. So you have to confess and believe that God has risen Jesus from the dead. You shall be saved. 
Number three, your life has been changed. If you prayed that prayer, but you didn't mean it in your heart and there's no change in your life, you need to get saved. Because when you really give your life to Christ, there is a change. In fact, the people you hung around before should be saying things like, you've changed. Yes, the people who know me now can't believe who I used to be. And the people who know who I used to be can't believe who I am now. And some of the things I used to brag about, now I'm ashamed about. And some of the things I used to say, Lord, help me to find it, now I'm saying, Lord, help me not to do it. Because there's been a real change in my life. When you get saved, it changes you. It changes you. And quit apologizing for changing. Because to say that you haven't changed is to say that you haven't grown, is to say that you haven't matured. When I see people and they haven't seen my kids in six months or a year, they go, my goodness, they've changed. Because they're growing, they're maturing. Amen? There should be a change. So you confess through your mouth, you believe in your heart, there's a change in your life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. New the old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You got to get to know, who are my friends now? Some of y'all got to give up some friends. Some of you need to say, I cannot be in your life anymore. Some of you need to get out of some relationships. Jesus loved them so you don't have to. Jesus died for them so you don't have to. I know you love them, but Jesus loves them more. Some of you have to just realize that you're not healthy enough and you've got to make sure that you are in right standing with the Lord. Come on, somebody. Well, I don't want the church, the church judge and, and, and God judge and I just don't like all that. Do you know there's a whole book of the Bible called Judges? When Christ comes back, you're going to be judged. I'm going to be judged. We are all going to be judged for every word you said. Every word. If somebody said, hey, everything you say today, we're going to read it tomorrow publicly. How many of you would be a little more careful with the book you wrote? All of us will give an account for every word, every action, everything you've done. Give an account for the money Give an account for your freedom. Give an account for the years I gave you. Give an account with the children. Give an account for your life. We're all going to stand before God one day and give an account. And he will judge us. He's not going to judge us according to our sin because we're saved. But you're going to be judged by, by what you did for the Lord. Only what you did for God counts. That's why the Bible says everything you do, if you just give a cup of cold water in my name, you store up treasure in heaven. Come on, somebody. And the people you think are so great and so glamorous and, oh, I want to be a spiritual celebrity. The Bible says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's not about recognition. There are no celebrities in the body of Christ. And what you are doing now is determining what you'll be doing for eternity. We're not just sitting in clouds with harps singing songs. There's work, there's positions, there's spiritual authority, there's godly government that's gonna be in heaven. People are like, I just don't like organized religion. Do you know what heaven is? Heaven's going to be organized. There's going to be leadership and structure and, and godly government. The church right now is a, the, the church you're a part of is a dress rehearsal for what we'll be doing for eternity. There's leadership, there's elder. That's why the Bible says there, there's elders in heaven. Read, read your Bible. Four and 20 elders sit around the throne. There's government, there's a throne, there's elder. Like there's, it's, there's government. It's not just you on a cloud with Jesus in a harp. <laughs> Number six, you believe the word of God. How you know you're ready is you believe the word of God. You're not picking parts of the Bible that you like. Well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe this part of the Bible. You know, I'm a Christian, but that part stings, so I don't want that. So I'm a Christian, but I'm, you know, 
people, people want to put their identity in their actions or their sin. Somebody came to me the other day and they're like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a homosexual Christian. It's like, okay, you know, explain that. Well, I just think, you know, that that's my lifestyle and, you know, I'm still a Christian. I still believe in God. But you've taken a part of the word of God out. Well, when you say Christians, we're not, you don't speak for all Christians because I'm a Christian. I'm like, as a Bible-believing Christian, a fundamentalist, I believe the whole Bible. I don't pick and choose parts of the Bible to, and shape the Bible to fit my current social narrative. I don't do that. I believe the Bible as it is. Well, the Word of God needs to be progressive. If the Word of God is progressive, then that means it's not perfect. Because to say it needs to be progressive is to say that it's flawed and it needs to be better. God is not progressive, God is perfect. The word of God is not progressive, the word of God is perfect. In fact, it says that if you take away from these words, God will take your name out of the Lamb's book of life. And if you add to this book, he will add the plagues that are in this book to your life. God's word is not, see that's not preached, that's not popular. You know, socially that's not correct. But see, we have fallen into this world. And it's not, I'm not talking about the world out there. I'm talking about in the church. People in the church, in the house, have, have picked up causes and anthems that are contrary to the word of God's priority. And they want to make that the gospel. It is not the gospel. It's not the gospel. Paul says, if any man or angel coming, comes to you and preaches any other gospel except Christ and him crucified, let it be accursed. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Don't let the world twist it. And when Christ comes back, all these other causes aren't going to mean anything. What is make America great again going to mean a hill of beans when Christ comes back? The Me Too movement's not going to mean a hill of beans when Christ comes back. All these anthems that people want to pick up are not going to mean anything if when Christ comes back. It's like if you died today, what difference does it make? How much money you got in your checking account? So we have to plan as if Christ is not coming back, but we have to live as if he's coming back today. Well, I'm going to pick up this social cause and that social, social justice. Social justice killed Jesus. Write it down. Social justice killed Jesus, the most innocent man that ever lived because social justice don't want the truth. The truth was Pilate, they took Jesus to court and Pilate said, we found no fault in this man. He didn't do anything, but they spread a lie that he's gonna destroy their culture, that he's here to overthrow the temple, that he's gonna tear up everything that they've built in their Christian Judeo, uh, not their Christian, but in their Judeo ultra-Orthodox belief, and they spread a lie until they created a mob, and the truth was Jesus did nothing, but the mob demanded, crucify him, give us Barabbas. And in order to silence the mob, they killed Jesus, the most innocent man who ever lived because of social justice. Truth was, he did nothing, but the social justice said, kill him, give us Barabbas. And me preaching truth now, every one of you have a fear of preaching truth that social justice will come for you that they'll come for your job, that they'll come for your family, that they'll attack you on social media, and it's the same spirit of Babylon that killed Jesus that's out to kill the church today and silence the church from telling the good news of Jesus Christ, but I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're not gonna make me ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to all those that believe. And we live in a world that wants to make you focused and hyper-focused on all these other things except Christ. And that's why Jesus said in the last days, in the church, you're going to have half the church 
half the church. If you're offended, I'm talking to you. You, I'm talking to you. And I'm not here trying to hurt you. I'm trying to save your life. I'm trying to get you focused on eternity. 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 Where you're going to spend eternity. The New Testament, it's very clear. He says, Paul says, look, you're, in the New Testament, he says, you're not Jew nor Greek nor Gentile. You're not black and white. You're not, you're not uh, bound or free. You're not male or even female. He says in the New Testament, our identity is in Christ. Christ. Your identity is in Christ, not your skin tone, not your age, not your gender. And every cause on this planet wants to put your identity in everything but Christ. And we're losing a generation. We're we're losing our young people to lies of fake love and fake compassion that is rooted in fear. You love me and embrace me and accept me or I will send the mob for you. We will cancel you. That's that's not love. That is imperfect love. If If you're gonna make me fear you to love you, that is not love. That is not compassion. That is imperfect love because perfect love casts out all fear. That's the word of God. It says perfect love casts out all fear. And if you're going to make me fear you to love you, that is not godly love. And we're in a world where the church, the church, there's certain things I can accept from the world because the world's the world, but I'm talking about the people in God's house. Satan has convinced them and deceived them to be so preoccupied with the things of this world that they have forgotten the truth. And Christ is coming back and you see it. You can all see us moving away from a cashless society. You can all see us, them just making a decision to say, you got to have this, you got to do that. If you don't do this, you can't buy, you can't sell. The Bible says after the rapture, you will not be able to buy or sell unless you take the mark of the beast. And if you take the mark of the beast in your forehead or your hand, whether it's a tattoo, whether it's a microchip, whatever it is, it will damn your soul to hell. And only if you give your life as a martyr to be executed for, uh, for, the, for your faith because you will not submit is the only way to make it into heaven. All because you would not receive the gift of salvation. And that's a hard truth that's in the word of God that people do not preach because churches and so many woke pastors are trying to entertain people and have big numbers and build big buildings at the expense of what? That's why Paul says, what benefit is it if I gain the world and lose my own soul? And so somebody's got to tell you the truth because the word of God was sent to give us grace and truth. Forgiveness is available for everybody. Everybody, all they have to do is come to God. Whosoever will, let him come. But we are blinded. And in these last days, it says many will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, false doctrines. False doctrines, I'm telling you all the time, all I do, you know why the false doctrines are so prevalent? Because of what's on the internet. People make up stuff. They don't know the word of God. They, they, they build a whole faith on a commentary of what some of you watch on YouTube. And you're going to put your eternity in that? Somebody's commentary on their commentary on truth? People will discredit. Get the word of God out and open it for yourself. Let the word of God wash you and cleanse you. And my last point to know that you're saved, as you can come play something for me, is you love God's house. You love God's people. If you, if you want to make sure you're ready, there's got to be something in your heart that says, I love God's people. I love the people of God. I have brothers and sisters. You can't have hate in your heart towards your brother and your sister and, and make it in the rapture. You can't hate white people and black people and Asian people, Hispanic people and all kinds of people groups and say, I love Jesus. The love of God is not in you. 
And all of us in here need to search our hearts today and say, God, I need to make sure I am ready to meet you. And if the Lord comes, comes and you're left here, you disagree, you can have this church, you can have this podium, you can get up here next Sunday and preach whatever you want to preach. You can have it all, baby. You can have it all because your heart is in it. You love the world more than you love God, so have it. And I'm telling you today, there's nothing in this world worth having. There's no argument. There's no cause apart from Christ that's worth you losing heaven over. We're talking about eternity. Don't get it mixed up. This life is not your final destination. This life is not it. Can I get an amen? amen. Older people know that. The older you get, the more you realize it. Young people, don't, young people have a hard time realizing that. Young people have a hard time realizing that. But the older you get, the more you realize it. You remember when, uh, you remember when they, they came, they, they called this woman to the, they called this woman who was caught in the act of adultery, and they brought her with the mob. The mob brought her. Reading your Bible. They brought this woman who was caught in the act of adultery with the social justice mob, and they brought her to Jesus. And they said, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. What do you say? Most, they said, the law says she should be murdered. They had stones in their hands. Social justice, ready, ready to cast justice by the, the social mob on this woman. And they brought the law up in front of Jesus and said, the law says she should be executed. What do you say? Post something, post something, post something, post something, post something, post something. And the Bible says Jesus answered them, not a word. Not a word. Because the minute there's a crisis, if post something to prove that you're a part of this, post something to prove that you're against this, post something. If you don't, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're hateful. This is a lie from the pit of hell. Do you hear me? This is a lie from the pit of hell to divide the kingdom of God. And the church has fallen into it. Post something, post something, post something. He answered them, not a word. And he sat down and he wrote in the dirt. And we don't know what he wrote. He wrote something in the dirt. And he looked up and stood at him. And he looked at him. And I don't know what he wrote in the sand. The Bible doesn't tell us this. But whatever he wrote made them drop their rocks. And whatever you post on social media, make sure it moves people away from violence and not towards it. He wrote something in the dirt. And the, here's what the Bible says. It says that they all began to leave, but it started with the oldest. The oldest person dropped theirs first. You know why? Because you know what age teaches you? Age teaches you humility. Age teaches you you're not perfect. And age teaches you you're going to make some mistakes. Age teaches you, you know what? I, I know, I, I don't want to say anything because I know, I know what I've done. I know the mistakes I've made. I know I haven't always done right. That's what age teaches you. So young people want the, young people want the justice. Give us the justice. Give us the justice. They came seeking justice. But after encountering Jesus, they left seeking repentance. Because Jesus said, he who has no sin, you throw the first stone. And when he said it, they dropped their rocks and they left because they realized they have sin in their heart, that they've made mistakes. And it caused them to say, I need to find repentance. Social justice causes you to focus on the sins of other people. Jesus came to get you to focus on your own sins so that you can find repentance in him and have the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I want to pray for you today. And I want to pray that, that, that if you're not ready, that you'll be ready before you leave today. I'm going to give everybody that option. And I'm going to ask people to stand in a moment. And you want to know what burns me up is people moving during my altar call. As important as it is that you be first in line at Old Country Buffet, this is just a little bit more important than that. And so I want you, when we do this, I don't want anybody moving around. Give me three minutes because we're fighting for someone's eternity. You know what it's like to bring a friend or a coworker or a family member to Christ and people are moving all around while they're trying to give their life to Jesus? It's very rude. 
Don't do that, okay? But we're fighting for someone's eternity right now. And so I'm gonna ask you to stand with me. If you would, I wanna pray a prayer. Give me three minutes, you'll be out of here. And this has been a hard truth. Do you feel like you went to the gym? Like, I need that massage, church. Pastor been working me out, all this scripture, jeez. But I love you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. At the expense of my own people talking about me, call me a racist, a bigot, hateful, whatever they want to call me, I, I, I have to tell you the truth because I want you in eternity with me. I want you in eternity with heaven. Come, heaven with the Father, amen? And uh, there's nothing in this life worth missing Jesus over so I'm going to give you the opportunity in a moment. If you're here today and you have Pastor Jonathan, there's something in my life that is not right between me and Jesus. And if I died right now, if Jesus came back right now, I'm not 100% sure I'm ready to meet him and I need to be sure. I'm going to ask Andrew to come to our Fridley campus stage, but I want to pray for you today. And I'm going to ask you when I count to three, if that's you, to come out from those rows. We did it first service. The altar was packed, packed with people. I want you to come down and just, just let us pray. It's, it's, not about, it's not about being at the front. It's just that step of faith. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Jesus says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father. And I don't want him to be ashamed of me. Come on, amen about it. I don't want him to be ashamed of me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And some of you in those rows, the stands, you may have to say, excuse me, excuse me. If you come down, we'll wait on you, make your way down. And I'm just gonna pray a quick prayer with you. Because it's not a matter of words and feelings, it's a matter of faith. And then I want to give you that opportunity to make sure I'm ready to meet the Lord. If he comes or if I was to pass, you know, I'm ready to meet Jesus. So if you just bow your head with me for a moment, close your eyes. If you're here and you say, Pastor Jonathan, I'm not 100% sure. You could be here and you're 15, maybe you're 50, maybe you're 80, you're 75. Maybe you're here by yourself. Maybe you're here with your whole family. If it was me, I'd bring my whole family to Jesus. I have everything to gain and nothing to lose. That's one. If you're, if you're contemplating it and you're feeling like an impression on your heart, that's the Holy Spirit. That's God dealing with you, saying, just come home. Just come home. And I did it for three reasons. I needed a friend, forgiveness, and a future. And you can find that today in Christ. When I count to three, if that's you, I just want you to step out from where you are and come down. One, two, three. Just come down right now. Come on, make your way. Come on. Don't wait on anybody. Don't look at anybody. Just come down right now. Come on, come on. Come on, church. Cheer them on. Cheer them on as they come. Just cheer them on. You say, I'm not going to miss heaven. I'm not going to miss heaven. My family's not going to miss heaven. Come on, come to Jesus. Come on, cheer them on, church. Come on, cheer them on. I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to miss heaven. 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 Heaven is my home. Heaven is my home. Heaven is my home. Okay, Lord, I got about seven more people that need to come down here. The Lord just told me, so I'm going to wait on you for just 60 seconds. Just step out and come down. The Lord told me to wait on you. He loves you enough to make me wait on you. Just step out and come down. I'm going to wait on you just a moment. If, if, you're, if you're, I'm toying with this, I feel it in my heart. Just step out and come down right now. I want to pray for you. I'm so proud of 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 you. Just come. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I know God spoke to me. He just spoke to me. Told me. Just come. You have nothing to lose. Nothing. You have everything to gain. Eternity. Eternity. Amen. We're going to pray this prayer. And, uh, and then all of you that are down front, you know, some of you, you know, maybe you don't, you don't need this. You know, just like, I, I feel good about that. I just wanted to make sure and but this Tuesday, 6.15 to 7.15, I do a class every Tuesday. And um, if you don't have a Bible, I'll give you a Bible. One of our Creative Church Bibles added. I'll give you a devotional. And I've got a whole kit for your next 
40 days if Jesus tarries of how do I walk this life? How do, what, how do I pray? Who's the Holy Spirit? How do I know God's speaking to me? What is baptism? Who is, who is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit? What's the Trinity? If you have these questions, I want to answer them for you. And I'll be here 615 to 715. This Tuesday we have child care. And after we pray, if, if you want to uh, give them your name, we've got people in the front row with clipboards. They'll, they'll get your Bible ready, your devotional ready. They'll, they'll get it all signed for you and ready to go. And, or you can just show up, you know. But I, wanna, I, I don't want to just pray for you and say good luck. We want to pray for you and resource you. Amen? And, uh, and we'll be here. I'll be here. And uh, our, our team, we, wanna, we want to help you in your walk with Jesus. But let's all pray this prayer together. Is that all right? Because a family that prays together. And um, I, know, I know I said a lot of truth. And, and I know that was hard. It was a hard workout. But guys, please hear my heart on love. I love you. I don't want you to miss heaven because I was too embarrassed or ashamed or fearful to tell you the truth. Uh, amen. I'm not a coward. I don't believe there's any cowards in heaven. I believe we cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come what may come whatever may come of it, but let's be truthful. Amen. So let's all lift a hand. Let's just let's lift our hands like God's going to give us a gift. Amen. Cause this is the greatest gift we could ever receive. And let's all pray this prayer together. Say, thank you, Jesus for dying for me. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead. And because you live, I can live. Come into my heart. Help me be like you. If the rapture was to take place, help me go to heaven to live with you. Forgive me of my sins, my shortcomings, and my failures, and my flaws. I know you're coming soon, and now I'm looking for you. I'm ready, I'm saved, and I'm excited to meet you soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God a big praise all over the house.